Hey guys, welcome to Choir Talks. So glad that you've joined us today. So the title of today is going to be Unveiled Faces, and we're going to talk about a scripture that's probably going to need some background, but here's this great scripture that came out of my reading this week. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and it says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in, in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. All right, that's a mouthful, and it's a it's a difficult verse to, to understand, and so we're going to come back to that verse, but let me give you some background and give you some introduction to the context. I think it's really always important when, you, when you're reading Scripture that you don't just read a, a short passage, but you read the context, the, the surrounding passages, and really understand it. What the, what the author, in this case Paul, where he's coming from and what the verses um, are, what discussion is going on when those verses happen. Um, if you don't do that, sometimes we are prone to see things that aren't really meant in the text. But if you understand a, a text in context, um, then you're more likely to really see what is intended and what is meant. So here we go. We're backing up several verses. In this whole chapter, the context is he is talking about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant being uh, the Law of Moses and uh, the, the subsequent laws um, that uh, were given in the Old Testament, including the Ten Commandments. And the New Covenant, we're talking about... Um, the work of Jesus Christ that brings us salvation. The old covenant, uh, covenant being an agreement, was an agreement between God and his people. Um, and he gave them, as a part of that agreement, um, some uh, rules, some laws to, to live by, to govern the way that they would live in a way that would, would be pleasing, that would reflect his holiness and, and, and make sense to be his people. Um, and so as a part of this discussion, Paul is pointing out um, that that old covenant was a temporary uh, is a temporary covenant between God and his people, that it was only, it was an um, imperfect covenant that was made perfect when Jesus came and gave his life on the cross. And now we have a new covenant uh, between God and and people, which is um, that through the blood of Jesus, we can enter into a forever relationship with him. So um, that's just a little bit. Um, that's, that's such a long discussion. I'm probably cutting that too short. But um, so uh, anyway, I'm going to start into this uh, chapter at verse uh, 13. Um, and, and one more bit of context. I, that won't make sense either without this. In, in verse 13, he's going to start using an illustration that his readers would understand about Moses when he got those Ten Commandments. Um, this, this is going back to Exodus. The children of Israel in Exodus are uh, wandering through the desert, and they come to this, this mountain, uh, Mount Sinai, which is considered holy. And there God calls Moses to, to ascend the mountain and to meet with him. And while he's up there for days and days, God gives him the Ten Commandments. And when he comes down from the mountain, um, his, his face is radiant, um, the book of Exodus tells us. It, it, it glows. I don't know exactly what that looked like, but there was something supernatural that had changed uh, in, in his face that was uh, frightening to the people. Even, even Aaron um, 
was afraid to approach him. And so Moses put a veil over his face uh, to hide the, the glory of God and the, the residue of meeting with the glory of God, uh, just to, to hide that so that people would approach him and talk to him. All right, so if you got that image in mind, uh, here is Paul talking about that and using it as an example. In verse 13, he says, We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to pre prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil reminds, uh, remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. All right, so he's using this, this historical um, illustration about Moses and the veil to say that, um, that the Old Covenant is sort of like a veil that covers the, the glory of God that would normally uh, show. And that the veil, in this case, in this illustration, is keeping the people of Israel from really seeing that glory um, and experiencing all of that. And so, uh, but is there hope? Um, yes, there is. Here's the next verse. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, that being Jesus, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All right, so there is hope. Whenever a person turns to Jesus, then this veil is removed, and now they there's access to see and know the glory of God. There's access to a relationship with the Father. And then you get to the verse um, that I was talking about earlier, the one we're talking about today, which is verse 18. It says, And we all, with unveiled faces, um, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. All right, hang on. That's a, it's, I know that's a long, difficult sentence. We're just going to take it a phrase at a time because it is a collection of short phrases and ideas. So here we go. Uh, but we all is the way that it starts. Now, what's really cool about that is, is, is its inclusiveness because um, if you think about the illustration of Moses, it was only Moses that went on the mountain to experience God's presence. Um, and it was uh, when he came off the, the mountain, the veil went in front of his face so that even then the people were, were separated from the glory of God. You might remember another pretty famous veil, if you think about it, right? In, in the tabernacle and then ultimately in the temple, um, there was that, that uh, place called the Holy of Holies, that most sacred place. And inside of there was the glory of God. But people were separated from the Holy of Holies because of a veil, right? Only one person, the high priest, and then only one day a year could go into the Holy of Holies. And the rest were separated by a veil. So here's something awesome. He says, but we all. So that, that veil uh, that is taken away in Christ no longer separates us. We no longer have just one leader who can enter into God's presence, but we all can enter into God's presence in the new covenant. We all can know and experience his glory. So he says, but we all with unveiled face. Um, so we are, we are no longer putting that veil in front of our face. Now as a part of the new covenant, we have a direct relationship with God Almighty through the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's no more veil in front of our face. Now listen to this. 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. That's the next phrase. So here we're picturing ourselves. The veil has been removed and um, we are looking into a mirror, but we're not seeing our image as you would normally see as you look into a mirror, but we're beholding the glory of the Lord in the mirror. The only way that would happen is if the glory of the Lord is on our face. So now, but we all have been able to come enter into the presence of God. And as a result, just like Moses in the spirit, Moses in the flesh, his face was radiant. Now us in the spirit, there is uh, the glory of the Lord in in our uh, in our face. As as in the spirit, we look into this mirror. The glory of the Lord is what we see on our own face, on our own reflection. Uh, and here's what's exciting about that. And by the way, let's just park there for a second. Um, as I delivered this thought to choir last night, um, that that has implications for us in that we are called to be worship leaders and, and enablers and, and people who point others to worship God. This verse is very much about worship. When you are beholding the glory of God, that is pretty much a definition of worship. That's what we do when we come to worship, when we are really worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It is us recognizing the presence of God and beholding his glory. And so, um, and so here's what happens when you behold God's glory. Next phrase says this, that we are being transformed into the same image. That's awesome. That's a powerful thought that I want you to understand about worship, whether you are a worship leader, a choir person, or not. Here's what, what happens in worship, that when we see God's glory, it changes us. Just as physically Moses was changed by uh, encountering God's glory, his face was completely changed, uh, the same is true for us in the spirit. When we encounter God's glory, for real, in spirit and in truth, we are being transformed uh, by that encounter. Here's the power of spending time in God's presence in worship, whether it's you by yourself or in the midst of a great congregation on, on, a, on a Sunday morning. Worship, when it is true, transforms us. And here's the great part of that. Uh, it tells us where we're going with that transformation. It says we are being transformed into the same image, the same image that we see, which is what? The glory of God. We are being transformed into the glory of God. The New Testament says this, that, that um, God is creating in us the image of Christ. As we worship and spend time in God's presence, God is shaping in us the image of Christ so that we are like his son, so that we um, also reflect his glory, so that it shines off of our lives uh, to the world around us and, um, and brings glory back to him and brings praise and honor back to him. Being in God's presence transforms us into the image of Christ. Super important idea. That's why worship is important and should be something that every believer does on a regular basis. So uh, here's the end of this verse, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I understand all the implications of from glory to glory, <clears throat> but it's obvious to me that it's a, it's a dynamic, ongoing change. It is part of what a theologian Mike 
may call uh, sanctification, uh, in that this this ongoing work of salvation in our lives is continues to uh, change us. And so um, it is not a, you know, one day when I was seven, I came to know the Lord and I beheld his glory and that's good enough for me. But it is an ongoing, regular, every time we encounter God, he is doing the work of transformation in our life. Super important to spend those moments in the presence of the Lord. You should build it into your weekly flow of your life. Uh, if not your daily flow of your life, you should have moments when you stop and, and worship and reflect on his glory, seek his glory. Um, so I love this verse. Uh, I hope it gave you some things to, to think about today. Be a worshiper. See God continue the work that he started in you to transform you and reflect his glory. Go out and have an unveiled face and let that glory shine into the world so that the Father would be praised and people will come to know the Lord through you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone who has listened to this today. God, I pray your blessings on them and your favor on them. And Father, Lord, I ask you... Um, that you would change us from glory to glory, that you would transform us into the, the image of Christ, into the image of your glory, and let that residue be on our face, on our lives. Um, God, let us carry that, that glory and the, the residue of that experience with us every day. Father, I pray that, that, Lord, we'd have a heightened view of what it means to spend time in your presence, God, that, that um, we, would, we would seek to do that in a real way and with authenticity and spirit and in truth um, so that, uh, Lord, we would know you, so that we would give you glory and that glory would in turn change, change our lives. So, Father, I ask that for my listeners today and for myself, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do as we meet with you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just as always, want to invite you to join us uh, here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. in our worship center or online through our Facebook page or through the YouTube channel. Love to have you. Go out and have a great day in the Lord.